Welcome, everybody, to Dungeon Master Discussions. I am your host, Zach the DM. Uh, today, I'm joined by a wonderful guest from Hops and Dragons, Big Tilly. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Very well. Thank you for coming. Uh, Dungeon Master Discussions is a show that I started because I found that it's very difficult to learn things as a dungeon master. Like, you can go out and read. There's lots of information out there. But that's, like, half the problem is there's so much information out there you're not sure where to take it from. Mm -hmm. So I... As I talked to other dungeon masters, and I found I gathered all this, like, just amazing, like, gold nuggets of information, like, really fast. Like, I felt I was learning faster than my fellow dungeon masters. And... I th I'm thinking, and uh, I wanted to kind of spread that on to you guys and interview just a vast variety of different dungeon masters, pick their brains, and see how they run things at their table. Uh oh, yes, no, the brain's about to be picked, Tilly. Okay, if you've ever had yes. seen a oh, mind, I I'm like the mind flyer worm inching what? by your eyeball what? right now. All right, what you got to think, boy? What, what? you got to think? No nothing, I think nothing. <laughs> Very low uh intelligence score. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, tell everyone about yourself if, if they haven't seen you before. Yeah, so if you haven't seen me before, I'm Big Tilly, Steve Tilly, uh, co-host of Hops and Dragons with uh, Paul Dirtle. I've uh, been DMing for about four years now. I've been playing D&D for mm, 20 odd years now. Uh, kind of, I, I dipped my toes in second edition, kind of really hit my stride in third edition and been kind of ever since kind of following along but uh yeah just kind of a brand new dm but you know since we've been doing this hops and dragons twitch stream thing i've learned a bunch same as yourself and kind of talked and picked the brains of a couple people and yeah i i kind of know some stuff that's awesome well today we're discussing a very exciting topic faking it till you make it now what i do <laughs> i know i feel this passion uh, i feel this topic passionately and i think probably a bunch of other dms do is because like we say, we, we're running a world, like a real living, mm -hmm. breathing world. Like the amount of things that you could be asked that you would have no idea. None. Zero idea. I mean, and that's the nature of the the D&D game, right? Is you're, you can do anything. You, you could do anything. I mean, and that's why d and the amazing game that it is. Because, you know, in a video game. Yeah, exactly. That could happen. I don't know. <laughs> no video game would ever let me just pick up a sunglass case and throw it. So, like, that's why D&D &D is what it is. But that's also why it's terrifying for new DMs. I remember uh, Paul, my co-host of Hops and Dragons, before he started uh, the new campaign that he started running for us, like, a couple weeks ago, like, he was like, what if I have this prepared? But, like, what happens if you guys go, like, that way instead of this way? And I'm like, you just roll with it, man. Like, I, you know, there's there's kind of some ways you can prepare for that as well and some tricks, you know, don't look at the man behind the screen kind of stuff, but... You just, that's it man that, that's the nature of D&D &D. that's why it's amazing it's exciting anything can happen well anything can happen and since we're doing fake it until make it I want to see how well you can fake it until oh, you make it right now so I'm a human fighter what setting, what setting am I in where am uh, I at? we'll say you're in, in Sword Coast because why not everyone knows okay. Sword Coast generic fantasy yeah. land you're living Excellent. the dream good old walking down the street of this medieval town um what do i see uh yeah so you're in uh a small town called talbot um and it's you know and by small a small town like you're probably talking there's probably 10 15 000 people um yep. there's a large keep kind of up on a, a little hill in the center uh with a, a small wall around it but surrounding that it's uh 
it's mostly a farmland kind of area. So there's lots of grain silos, lots of burns, uh, a, a few blacksmiths. Um, there is a small uh, church kind of to the west of the uh, of the keep. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, there's just people bustling around, you know, lots of carts moving, lots of vegetation getting passed around. Farmers doing like us. I'd like to go up to one of the carts. Sure, go ahead. You see this uh, this uh, like a uh, dwarf uh, kind of with this pony and a smaller cart kind of uh, working their way through with it looks like a cartload of turnips. I want to destroy the wheel with my uh, mace. How much HP does the wheel have? Does it have an armor class? Uh, I mean, yeah, it definitely does. Uh, roll, okay. roll your d twenty. Yeah. Uh, uh, natural twenty. Oh my god! As you, uh, what what weapon are you wielding? Oh, a uh, great mace, two handed great, mace. A two, uh, uh, you walk up to this dwarf, and he kind of like uh, looks up from his seat and kind of gives you a, like he's tired. You know, he's not really used to the sunlight a lot because he's you know dwarf. He's underground. He's bringing turnips back for whatever reason doors need turnips and he looks up for a second and kind of gives you a bit of a nod and then you see his eyes go wide as this mace kind of comes up and just slams down on this wooden tire and the splinters fly everywhere turnips left right and center it's pure chaos and, and, and then all of a sudden you hear the guards just go uh, uh, seize him <laughs> excellent you know what so that's that's perfect right there. So I I love that. That was just a perfect little kind of <laughs> stupid adventure. And I like how you handled the the wheel because that was kind of like my like uh uh wrench in the cogs. Mm -hmm. So what I want to do is I want to kind of go back to the beginning. And sure. as you go through creating it, tell me what your like your brain is thinking. Have you ever seen those questions where someone's like twelve plus thirty, and they're like, tell me how you how your brain like does this math okay sure we're gonna do that but kind of improv so when you sure. get asked to create a uh, a random setting mm -hmm. what what is the first thing your brain wants to create um i usually think of i guess it depends on the scale so you asked yeah. me to create a town yeah right uh if you had asked me to create like a room or something to be slightly different um but generally i like to think about like I like my places to have, and this is a big word that I often forget to use, the verisimilitude, right? Like I like things to make sense. I like, you know, why is this town here? Yeah. Uh, it's farming town, right? So yeah. what does a farming town have? There's grains, there's, you know, so there's lots of horses, there's blacksmiths, there's ox, there's, you know, there's trading going on. So there's lots of carts. And like, you, you can kind of see how all of this kind of, like once you kind of start that seed so that there's yeah. a farming town what does a farming town have and then that kind of seeds out well you know it's a big trading town so that probably means there's some sort of guard post there's a keep you know but there's yeah. people there and you know we, we're in the sword coast we all know gods are real there's you know i'd like to see the atheist on the sword coast because like you know shit happens so like there's definitely a temple there, there gotta be probably to a bunch of different gods but like who knows you can deal with that when you get exactly. to the temple yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of how I start that process. Um, one thing I could have yeah. done better in that moment, mm -hmm. uh, I also <laughs> like, which, because again, I'm not perfect, DMs, man. Um, I also like to try to ex uh, describe things, and this is something I'm trying to get better at, uh, you know, uh, the five senses. Right? Yeah. So, you know, I would probably, if I had been better in that moment. If you hadn't known that I was about to throw your improv skills <laughs> to the fucking sharks. 
well, right. And like, we're all, we're all learning here, right? This is, so this is something I've, I think this was actually one of my uh, D&D New Year's resolutions was trying to get better at this. So I'm, I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you're in a farm town. So then you, the sun is br- like, you know, it's bright. It's hot. Right on the back uh, of your you know, neck. Yeah, you can smell that like cut grass, you know, the fresh mowed lawn. It's just, and they kind of like that manure kind of mixed together because oh, that's a farm. I land, agree. Right? <laughs> oh, I, there's a farm like just a couple roads over from me, and like it's it's manure season, so like I, I know it's what it's like. <laughs> but yeah, and like you kind of, but the key is you kind of take a second to think. I I think you think about um, a basis, and once you kind of have this pin to stick in the ground yeah you can then very easily say well logically this makes sense logically there's this which if there's that it means there's this if there's that there's that and you can kind of follow the path down fairly quickly yeah no you did a did a really good job because like you exactly said it definitely was like here's what we're starting with and then you just kind of expanded it. It felt very natural. It felt like you were explaining a town to me. Like if you had told me like, oh no, I actually have a town named that where I have all this stuff. I just happened to pull out something that I had prepped here. I would have believed you. Like if you told well, me that it was a real town. But again, th- yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that, I think that is another big tip is not only are you pulling from like your imagination from what you've watched and like experienced, but you're also pulling from like, your past if if something if you get asked about something random you can always reskin it from something you've done before yeah and and that's exactly what it is i think talbot was a starting town i used in my campaign like at the beginning of horde the dragon queen uh whatever the starting town is in horde the dragon queen i axed the name and called it talbot because i had a um a different kind of intro because starting level one and horror the dragon queen is rough <laughs> if you haven't played it um so i gave them i think they started horror the dragon queen at level three okay um so i had a little prep and they ended up in talbot so like that's just anyway uh but it wasn't a farming town exactly and like they're so i kind of already knew um some of the features yeah just kind of changed a little bit right because like your players don't know they don't know that they've never been to talbot before make it whatever you want to fit your purpose right yeah um i think i so the wheel the destroying of the wheel mm-hmm. that is the armor class and hp of items is one that i find always gets me catches me off guard even when i should be knowingly expecting it and it's one where i've definitely had to master faking it till you make it uh how, how in your brain were you trying to handle that um so there's definitely a table right yeah like in the dm guide there was 100 percent a table and i don't give a shit about it i just yeah just, exactly oh, i know man. there's a table i'm not memorizing the table i'm not looking it up like if, if people really care i'm not getting into it as you know so in my mind uh one of the handy things you have on your dm screen if you buy one of the dm screens or if, you, if you're making your own i would put this on there i mean it's pretty easy to remember you know easy check five medium check 10 yeah right? and then 15 is hard very hard possible is 30 it's to me you're a fighter so you're probably strong you're uh uh you're using a mace so the bludgeoning weapon so like that's just gonna make it easier too so like who really cares what the ac is i'm gonna say you roll a five or higher for a busted up wooden dwarf cartwheel yeah. like you smashing the crap out of that wheel <laughs> now you know, conversely, if you had told me, you know, 
I'm a wizard with a rapier and I'm going to try to stab at the wheel. Well, maybe that's a DC 20, right? <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Who, who really cares what the armor class or the HP of the wheel is at that point? Uh, okay, yeah. Insignificant. Yes. It's, it's more of a skill check at that point to me than it is a uh, uh, attack roll. Okay, I see that. Uh, would you do the same for like doors and walls? If- 100%. 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, and just, you know, because again, you could think iron, right? So, you know, chances are, you know, even if it is uh, an iron door and you're using a mace, that probably might take a couple good hits, right? And, and you know, depending on your players thinking, you know, let's hit the let's hit the hinges. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's break off the handle, that kind of thing. To me, that's a, you can track the HP and that's 100% a legitimate way. It's, you know, rules is written. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um but like I ain't got no time to remember all that stuff. I just don't. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my players out there. I just I just I, I don't. Um so I just kind of make it a skill challenge. A little mini skill challenge. No one needs yeah. to know. You know, and let, let them even roll damage, right? So like let's say um you like you rolled nat 20, but let's say you rolled a five on the dot. Okay, well, roll damage. Like how much damage did you do? So let's okay, you hit the wheel because you you beat the five of the skill check I wanted. Yeah, eh, you like if the players then well, I want to roll my damage dice because players want to roll their damage dice. Okay, well, we'll roll your two d six for your mace damage, and if it is if you only roll a two, double snake eyes kind of deal. Yeah, you know, no, you you cracked it. it that cart's not moving anymore, but it didn't explode. But you roll double eights or double sixes. Oh yeah, you destroyed that wheel, and then you can kind of flavor it in between, right? I like how you do that because I've definitely uh, gotten into a few instances where people are like, I want to break through this like patio ground or I want to break through this wall. And uh, in the moment, I, I don't I agree with you about armor class. I don't think armor class should really matter. If you're hitting an inanimate object, just hit an inanimate object. You're hitting it, man. Just just it's going to hit. Like, yeah, give me damage. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, it's always been creating that damage. But I like how you created kind of a skill check because mm-hmm. that would definitely cut down a lot of that uh, random improv you gotta do. You don't have to decide a number. Well, you don't have to decide, like, 200 HP. You have to decide DC 12, 13. That's it. And, yeah. and I, I, yeah. And like, but, I mean, conversely, too, like, if it had been a, I don't know, you were gonna run up to the wall of the keep, mm-hmm. right? And I wanna try to smash through this stone wall. Well, like, you know what? Roll all day, man. Enjoy. <laughs> right? It's a two-foot-thick stone wall. Like, unless you've got some Holy Avenger magic weapon stuff going on, like, adamantine weapons. Yeah. Just, I mean, yeah. You can roll. Eventually, you will bust through that two-foot-thick stone wall. But, like, the guards are going to get there first. Yeah. <laughs> Before gonna be we need to worry about that's gonna that. going to happen. Yeah. So, I, but, yes. And that's kind of the way. And I, I also think it's, this is definitely how I do it. And I don't know how this is how everybody does it. But, hey, no, uh, no, no. This this shows all about how you do it. I want to know. All right. You... So again, like uh, one thing I I kind of pointed out is the DC is different based on the PC, right? So it should be easier for a fighter with a high strength score to be able to do a thing more so than just the fact that they obviously have higher bonuses. Yeah. And I do that because it makes sense for a wizard or not for a fighter or a barbarian or a paladin, something that's tanky and strong and tough to be able to smash through a thing. Yeah. And a wizard who just got lucky with a 19, right. 
that just like does that make sense like the yeah. the wizard with the eight strength yeah. minus one strength mod like the, come on man <laughs> versus the the plus five strength mod fighter you know duffed it with a two and they didn't make it but the you know i don't know you ever I say you're kind of would you say that you're kind of giving uh, a lower dc to classes that are people that play into their character roles right so yeah. you're like you're you're meant to do this, or your character is is meant to do this. So I'll make it a little bit easier for you to do it. <clears throat> okay, that makes sense. And, I, and, story. and like I'm not saying I make it impossible for the wizard to do it. Of course, that's not what I mean at all. Like the wizard, yep. there's a chance. There is a chance. <laughs> but like, does it make sense? Like to me, it's it's one of those things. Like you made this character because someone who made a fighter, someone who like someone who made a wizard, wants to feel smart. Right, like they, you know, I, I, Steve Tilly, do not have a plus five or a plus three or a plus one intelligence score. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't have that, but I would like to pretend that I do in my game. So, <laughs> so a way of making players feel that way is, yeah, the wizard has a little easier time doing those investigation checks and doing, you know, the the nature and the histories because, of course, they would. Yeah. Right. They're they're smarter than everybody else, <laughs> probably. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. No, I like how you I like how you take that on. Um, now, one thing about faking it till you make it is looking confident, like oh, poker face. Yeah, exactly, full on poker face. Uh, I've definitely had problems with poker face in the past. Uh, do you have any tips or tricks or lessons that you've learned about your poker face? Uh, so my I feel like my tell is I giggle. <laughs> same i think i think yeah right like, I'll, I'll do something i'm like oh <laughs> and then all my players know they're like oh shit something just happened i'm like fuck uh, <laughs> they know me too well um uh, but i think it's it's kind of important uh sometimes so this is i don't know uh something we talked about on the hops dragon show yeah. last night was uh like paul my co-host is running a home game and he killed my character in the second session. Like I didn't even make it to level one. Poor old Valkanar just got murderificated by a giant frost toad. Just it was over. Oh god. Um, <laughs> and in the moment, so Paul he rolled dice on a surprise attack, and he crit. Right. So he's so used to being a player, and like I didn't know he rolled a crit. I would have never known he rolled a crit except for he went woo nat twenty yeah started like cheers and chat. But I just kind of made all the joke. And, and then, of course, me being the player, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, my rogue is now dead because this thing. At level one. Level you one. I'm, I'm screwed, right? And we're using homebrew rules that uh, you 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 double the damage dice, kind of, but the first damage dice is max. Ooh. So, so like, this thing had rolled a D10 damage, so it's basically a 10 plus its mod plus oh, so you're dead. You're dead. So I'm dead. I'm dead dead, you're right? Dead. Um, so then... So yeah, and we so we talked about this after, and I was like, like as a DM, I'm sorry for the people who have to hear this from behind the curtain, but like I, 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 I just kind of decide the outcome of what I want my role to be before I roll the dice. Yeah. So I decide uh, as the DM because I I play mostly more of a story driven game, uh, more, less so a mechanics driven game. Yeah. When I build encounters, and this is an example of poker face. I'm getting there. I promise. Um, no. When, when I uh, build encounters, I decide before the encounter even starts, is this a easy, medium, hard, deadly encounter? Yeah. Um, so if this is an easy encounter, my players are going to mop the floor with these guys. Like it's, it's like 
Unless, you know, even if they roll terribly, it might make it go from an easy to a medium encounter. But like these guys are going to miss more after than not. And like, so the dice is really just for noise. <laughs> right now, there is a time. Uh, there's times there's a deadly encounter. Like my players know, I'm like, this is a boss fight. I'm taking down the screen and I'll, I'll put my dice tray out where everybody can see it. I'm like, yeah, this is the dice, man. Like this is, everything's on the line. Um, but every other fight, I basically decide if it's a hit or a miss based on the challenge. I want that fight to be. And that really helps with the poker face because I, I don't, I don't, there's no surprise. I'm not, I know the outcome in here. I'm not looking for an outcome on the dice. So when I see that like nat 20 and that nat one come up, I'm not like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's already determined. So my yeah. poker face is easy to hold because there's no surprise for me. No, that, that I get that completely because I would say like, yeah, I, I, I tr- some most, there's, I, I do the exact same thing. I'm <clears throat> trying to think of a, a way to word it but that's exactly it it's like i could play dnd i could run like multiple dnd sessions with 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 no dice with my hands fucking wrapped around like i don't need i'm telling a story um yeah. i will often make combat like if you if yeah it, it's very much just about telling the story and the combat is just a way to tell that story Right. It's just a way to further that story. Now, if we were doing a tile by tile, you know, grid, square by square, dungeon run, like, yeah, different story. The dice of the dice. That's that's what we're here for. We're doing a madhouse dungeon. We're doing, like, one of those killing field games where you bring, like, five characters. Party versus DM where there's no, like, yeah. If that's what we're doing, that's different. That's a different style of game. But if we're playing what I feel like is the traditional or what has become the new standard is what I mean uh, for fifth edition, which is much more story driven. um, Then yeah, like who, like my dice, the DM can cheat. The DM can just cheat wildly. Yes. All right. Players can't do that for the record. Players can't cheat. It's Uh, it's such a thing that DMs aren't allowed to say. Well, we cheat. We cheat every game. And, and it's something that's good for DMs to hear, but there's the downside is you don't want, uh, like players, and I'm the same way. I don't want to know, right? Yeah, hide like, the, I, as um, a player. Like, I, and this is one thing I told Paul too. Like, when you rolled that crit, as soon as I knew that was a crit, it was too late. It was game over. Like, I know now you cannot change that crit. But if I didn't know and you poker faced it and made it a, made it a hit, so it'd still probably knock me out. But like. I would be on death saves and I'd probably be okay. Yeah. Um, that's fine. I didn't, I didn't know the curtain is still in place. Yeah. Um, but it's, you need to keep that poker face there. Cause as soon as your players see the truth, that is the truth now. Yeah. Right. Cause there's I, that, that kind of makes this, I don't know. It's a crappy feeling to know that your DM is fudging the dice. I don't think players like to know that. I, I wouldn't want to know either. Right. You don't, that's, so this is the thing. It's a thing DMs talk about, but you don't talk about it with your players. And like, even I as a DM, I know, and that's yep. fine. Like, like my my DM's doing it, Paul's doing it. I know he's doing it, but I don't know when he's doing it. You dispend your belief. Yeah, you right. And that belief, and you just accept all the rules are real, and that it's right. we're all because like ninety five ninety percent of the rules are real, right. but it's like the it's like um what's that show? The points don't matter. Oh, whose lines it anyway? Who's lines it anyways? We're playing D and D. The points don't matter. There's no winners, losers, D and D, man. We're just having a good time. 
truck on right do you ever uh do you ever find like uh uh you'll like pull punches and then you'll pull too much or you'll like push punches and you're like oh, push yeah. too much by accident yeah i mean i'm i'm you know i as a dm i play god but i am not god <laughs> right i am yeah. a human being who makes mistakes and um yeah, some and like and that's tricky because uh sometimes uh you'll it's it's easier to make it harder, right? Mm -hmm. So I would err on the side of being kind and being a little bit easy than I would err on the side of being deadly. Because it's yeah. it's hard to fix deadly. <laughs> like once someone's dead, they dead. <laughs> but like if so, if you roll and you're like, oh man, this person's I still got like half my hit points left, and you intended them to be like kind of on the ropes. Well, all of a sudden there's more goblins and ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can do that. But like you, if you start off with 10 goblins and there should have only been five, you know, now you're scrambling to come up with a reason why those other goblins got to go. Yeah. So it's a lot harder to do that than it is to say more goblins showed up in my, my experience. Right. So when you're, when you're, especially in combat, when you're fudging those numbers, you're on the side of easy and then make it harder as needed. Cause like, no one knows the stat blocks, right? Like I never run stat blocks for the monster manual. Like very, very rare. So like your Guy players likes. don't know how much HP they have. Like I I count up and then once the player once I feel like that goblin is dead, that goblin dies. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that. Right? Like so like I try to aim my encounters to be like two to four rounds typically. Yep. Uh unless someone does something that's like like I know uh Paul did uh, like a really cool sniper shot with a longbow one time, got the crit, and I was like, "Yeah, combat over one round." Like, yeah, killed it. Let's let's move on. Yeah. Um, but like, I try to aim for that two to four rounds to make it satisfying. Like everybody gets a turn, and typically, but sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter, whatever. Yep. Um, but that's kind of what I aim for, right? And then if the numbers, like I've you know, because I've done it, I've made the boss fights where I'm like, this guy got like 150 health. He's you know, this is gonna be a wicked fight. But like he rolls crap on initiative. <laughs> There's four players get turns ahead of him. They all roll really high, and all of a sudden, this thing that was supposed to be this epic boss fight you've been leading up to for weeks is dead. Yeah. Without getting a chance to swing a sword. So like, no, it's not dead. No, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> Plus 100 HP. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> the, the argument I always say is that um, video game uh, developers get. Uh, thousands of hours and uh, hundreds of manpower hours to just play the one boss battle, to play the game, and to give their complete opinion on the linear game that they have. Us as Dungeon Masters, we don't get that at all. Every single party is going to be different. They're going to take on a problem different. There's no way to playtest your boss to perfection. Um, I, I've play tested many a different types of D and D games, and then I've brought them to a different table, and they have turned out far different. No, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm of the belief. I, I mean, you might agree or disagree that like mm -hmm. party composition in D and D's doesn't matter. It's not like World of Warcraft or you know Guild Wars or whatever, where you need to have you know your tank healer deep. Stuff, yeah, right. It's like you no, can man, go in with anything. Anything you want? You want five, four wizards? You, yeah, you want four fighters? Come on, let's let's roll. Right, we got this. But obviously four wizards are going to handle encounters very differently than four fighters. Get in, bitches. I got a story to tell. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, you got to, like, your encounters are just, you know, you in your head, especially if you're using the rules as written for CR and encounter building. I mean, they're 
voodoo, man. Like they don't like, I'm sorry. Like they don't make any sense at all. Just, they don't, uh, you know, it was a I good try. one word. What are voodoo? Oh, uh, the, the CR, the encounter. Oh building. yeah. Yeah. yeah, CR. yeah that, CR like doing that rules is written with the whole calculation and all that. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, you throw work. a Banshee and someone fails a wisdom saving throw and they're just dead anyway. Right. Uh, regardless of what that encounter was supposed to be. Um, and yeah, like you just need to, you just got to make it work. Right. And, and it's going to be very different from party to party to party. If you run that same game 10 times, you're going to need to make that boss different 10 times. It's, it's, welcome to D and D. All right. So you, so when you're like doing these type of encounters, the way you kind of fake it till you make it is uh you maybe not set in your like boss or your creature hp like in stone like you might have a rough idea like goblins rough nine hp but mm-hmm. like maybe like the shots in the goblin are just poor and so you let him live until 11 he's like the last goblin yeah, yeah, you yeah. like let him have two extra hp so he can walk forward and get that last monologue you right, exactly. never find the king <laughs> oh, dead right well and who's the, the king, king? Yeah, who? What? 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 Yeah, yeah. exactly. If your story needs them to say something, and yeah, your ranger snipers the thing from a hundred or hundred and fifty yards or feet away, right? Princess is in a castle three hundred meters from here. Ah, oh, my yeah. last dying words. Right, and I mean, and that's I guess that's another thing too, because that obviously there's a whole thing with you know breadcrumbs, right? And how do you how do you give breadcrumbs when like the players like they don't know. There's no map. Like they might miss a breadcrumb. So I mean that's a whole other thing too. Um but yeah, I, I totally like HP is the easiest thing to mess with when it comes to monster messery. Uh AC I find is easy too. Uh be wary of messing with damage. Damage is typically kind of right on. You know, if a goblin does the one D six plus two or whatever it is, like that's probably where it should be. Yeah. You make that a two D six plus two, it's a you just double that thing's damage, right? Uh, but the AC and the HP you can mess with fairly easily. Yeah, yeah. Um, so every dungeon master, even the most uh, crazy dungeon master, have times when their players say or do something which catch them off guard and which uh, create like almost a swirl of thoughts in their head, which they cannot decide what to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens very rarely. But there are definitely times when people have hit me with things where I'm like, well, actually, before I say how I, what would you do in this situation when you kind of get just, you're not sure what to do? Uh, yeah. And I, I, I feel like this is a very unsatisfying answer. Uh, I've given to people a lot, uh, but take a minute, right? Like you're not a computer. Yep. You are a human being who granted has perfect knowledge of your world as perfect as you made it but like that's that's the dm's real powers and kind of what makes it kind of hard sometimes because you know everything um so sometimes you know that can you might forget did i tell them that did i not tell them that anyway that's a whole other thing but sometimes you might need a minute right because i'm like say i made a uh prince and uh you know, I've given him bonds, flaws, all that stuff, which I, I try to do for my my big NPCs that I, I, I've, I've decided, came up with a name with, for in advance, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I have it in my head, I have an idea of how that NPC will react to certain situations, roughly. Yeah. Um, 
but if I'm expecting, you know, you know, I make a little bit of a prick of a prince, like the stereotypical, like hoity-toity, you know, holier than thou kind of guy. And I'm expecting, yeah, exactly that that motherfucker right there. And you just want to smack the face off him. And uh, but my players come in, you know, hands open and be friendly. It's like, whoa, 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 uh, hold on, I, I, I just need a second here, right? Because I was expecting you guys to come in and treat this guy like he kind of deserves, but you came in, you proved me wrong, and we're yeah. like good characters. You, you say you are, and you actually were nice. So, like, give me a second. I just gotta. And you know, get myself into character. Okay, well, you know, has has he been treated this way before? Is he used to people coming up and being nice? You know, will he take advantage of this, or will he? Will some of his like noble armor kind of melt a little? So you must right? full on do a straight pause to the game. Let straight straight pause. That. Just give me, give me ten seconds. Give me a minute. Give me, give me, give me some time to just think let me let me let my let the computer do the processing for a second and, and sometimes they'll be snappy like sometimes you're just like uh and then you're in and they'll never know the difference if it's something so out to lunch yeah right that you're just like uh uh, uh just be like talk amongst yourself check your check your character sheets roll some dice and just like eh, crap 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 that's fine it's yep. totally fine. And I mean, the, the key is you say, let me check my notes. Ooh, hold on. You just break out your book and you're just like, mm -hmm, you know, and you're, you're not reading anything. No. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's your poker face coming back now. Right. Like, hold, just give me a minute. I, uh, let me check my notes. And oh. you're, just, you're in your notes and you're just reading nothing. Tell me, tell me how real that. So this is why I love online D and D one second, guys. Let me just pull up that note here. Yeah, exactly. All right. Right now I'm just uh, clicking between tabs back and forth. <laughs> hey guys just let me check this note no no one uh, second yeah you've done this before <laughs> oh yes many a times uh there that's usually my go-to is is give them a bs excuse i'm sure my players they, well they can't tell because what you have to do is you also have to make sure that whatever you're, you're going to choose your bs excuse to be is mm -hmm. do it real really like actually do it it's like when you're going to go pull up a note, say your line. Even if you don't normally say it, just say the one second, let me check my note. One second, let me yeah. check my note. Then when you do it to get away, no idea. No yeah. idea. Uh, but sometimes uh, the things I get tripped up on most is when it like comes around like, this is going to change how the story is played. Like this is one of those questions that you've, you've changed how my story is even going to run. I have a lot of groups yeah. that like to fuck with me in my campaigns. So this was an interesting thought experiment I had. I, uh, I in my game, uh, I love this thing. I made my own. It's a deck of many things. Uh, I've seen it um, on your website as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a deck of cards. I, I, I made my own. It's just a standard deck of cards. And um, one of the cards, I don't know if this is a rules is written card or one I made up because it's my own personal deck of many things. Yeah. Um, is the player who draws the card can change an event that they were part of. Mm -hmm. so if they were there they can at any point in time choose and say you know what in hindsight you know i know this happened like five sessions ago but like i actually been thinking about it i would have rather not pull the lever than pull the lever right uh and i'm an idiot like i did this to myself right <laughs> so, oh no That's so, so scary it, it's terrifying right i didn't know yeah. what i was doing um so what they ended up using it for was uh it was Paul's partner Anna, our lovely designer, she uh, she drew the cards. So she ended up she was used it. She was resurrecting Paul because he soloed a vampire, 
keeping everybody else alive. So the vampire ended up killing Paul, but they ended up winning the battle overall. So he, she went to resurrect him, and I used Matt Mercer's resurrection rules. So he ended up failing the role. He didn't. Call, he, he he didn't. The, the resurrection wasn't successful. So she ended up using it for that. Thank God. She was like, I I do it, the resurrection differently. And I was like, sure. And he rolled again, and he he survived. But before that, um, she had decided, like, uh, and this is, again, something we talked about last night, was one of the other players, Lux, her character died because they went in and fought a Hydra. And then uh, Anna was like, what if I use my what if to say we didn't go and fight the Hydra? Right? Yeah. And I was like, uh-oh. Because what ended up happening was we were, you know, four or five sessions later, they fought the Hydra, uh, you know, the character died, the bad, they were chasing the bad guys, the bad guys were only a couple hours ahead, so the bad guys got a huge lead on them, it changed the whole dynamic of the game, right? Uh, it ended up, it, it stopped being a chase scene, it ended up being more of an investigation thing, where they had to kind of search around to find where the bad guys went, as opposed to being hot on their heels. Yeah. Um, and I was like, uh-oh, so like, if that, then this, if that, then this, and I was like, I had to tell her in the game, I was like, if you decide to do that, that's the game for tonight folks <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yep. i really gotta sit down and figure out like a hundred percent like that's a thing i allowed you to do but that's so game-changing to the story to this point i really need to sit down and figure this out now maybe i could do that the game instead of us playing D and rolling dice and role-playing could be playing that what if scenario and running back to all our notes together as yeah a table right and then seeing where we ended up at that point um but like sometimes man you like i said you just need that full break like something that's just so crazy that like i just i need a minute or tonight's over like i did not prepare for that i'm sorry i mean now the pro tip i think really in, in my situation you might not be able to do this but i think the real good tip is you know, I think this is a Matt Mercer or Matt Coville thing. You know, Orcs attack, right? <laughs> if you if you really get stuck, there's always monsters, right? <laughs> like, oh, battle, my players. Battle will always take up the rest of your session. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Session's over. You don't need to pause. I mean, that's that's the if you can force in a an encounter, right? You know, oh, I thought you were going to go to Castle A. You're going to Castle B. All right, well, let's start traveling to Castle B. Oh, crap! Oh, crap! Oh, crap! Oh, there's wolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. I like uh I like the the last point as well is when things get to breaking like the entire campaign it's like let's all sit down together and yeah. like kind of make this as a group decision. There's definitely been times where my players have done things where I'm like, all right, guys, so I'm thinking of doing a which will uh kind of fuck you over, but it'll make the story good, or mm-hmm. B where you don't get fucked over, but the story isn't as Chef's Kiss. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they'll decide. They'll they'll tell me they'll. That's a, I mean, that's a brilliant idea. I mean, again, I, I think there's some people out there that might not like that behind the curtain view. Yep. But, I mean, this is a collaborative storytelling game. So like sometimes there's let's a tell the story. Yeah, yeah. Like let's let's tell the story. If this is a moment that really matters and there's something that you really want to do, and I as the DM, I know that you as the DM know this is gonna change everything. Okay, let's let's sit down and talk about this for a second, right? Like, um, at the end of my one of my last sessions, um, one again, deck of many things, deck of chaos, I love it. Um, my wife got a castle, and me being the idiot again that I am, I made it a castle that can teleport through the multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Um, and I think at the end of our last session, like we're on a bit of a break now because I'm working away, blah, blah, blah. Um, Lux said, hold on a minute. She said, you know, we got to fight Tiamat. And I'm like, yeah, Tiamat's in Avernus, right? I'm like, yep. She said, what if we like got the army together that we're gathering? Because they're gathering an army to fight the cult. What if we put them all inside the castle in the courtyard and then teleported to Avernus and just kicked her ass there? And I'm like, ah, made that possible. <laughs> yeah right and like what does that and then but then we had that discussion before like while we were sitting around packing up our stuff be like mm. how would that even work and like yeah like you know i had to tell him that will be hard that'd be cool as all hell <laughs> like yeah, let's go yeah. to war in Advertis against tiamat with like in her lair yeah that's some cool ass story shit right <laughs> epic but i will slaughter you oh yeah without, without holding back you will probably die. All right. <laughs> will there be... will be 13 layer actions. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right. She has and... the realm. She has the realm. Right. So that was the discussion we had. It was like, to your point, is exactly what we said. Like, you can do that, but I'm telling you the consequences up front because they're significant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I think that's uh, the best way to handle that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lux, I don't know if you can see in chat going there. Like, Lux is just an agent of chaos. What up, Lauren? Tabletop. RPG she plays it. Oh, I have a few agents of chaos that are just um they'll make a character and I'll be like, oh, so they want to do this, right? And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll like be like, all right, so we're playing now. Here, here's the thing you wanted. And they're like, ah, I wanted the opposite. And I'm just like, oh, okay. The entire story has changed now. Oh no. You're doing something different. Yeah. I like and I guess that sometimes it's it's a reaction to say like no, right? Yeah. Um, and I know like if you've ever done any improv classes, I did some improv as a kid back in junior high and it's always the yes. And right. The yes. And yes. And yes. And which is great. Yeah. Sometimes you got to say no. <laughs> like there is, there is a moment where it's like, no, we're not going to do that. And like, I can tell you why if you want to know, but like sometimes it's no, but it's always great if you could say yes and keep moving. But like I said, some that's when it's something that breaks your game and you're going to need that time do something mundane to fill in the rest of the session, right? Like make it an encounter, make it a, sh let's go shopping. And then, you know, you do that for an hour. Oh, okay. Well, time's up. Gotta go. <laughs> uh, do you have any kind of uh, encounters or situations that you, uh, you said combat was a, a frequent one to kind of help you fake it when you need to. Like uh, when. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. When things are kind of going off the rails, and like, well, what's something that you'll like kind of pull out of your pocket to kind of help yourself get through that? Um, encounters are key if you can get away, but it's hard to do that if you're in like a role play situation. Yeah. Um, so, like, role play is tricky. Role play is really hard. So, like, that's when you might need to say, I need a minute to think about what person A would say in this to re respond. Um, if you need to kill time like if they decide to go to a different scenario there are other things like you can look up random encounter tables uh there's a bunch there was one i did that is uh famous in my game of the five of us um where they met a uh halfling with a chicken named killer and on the road and he it was a battle chicken so he wanted to fight and they had a pet squirrel so the squirrel fought the, the chicken chicken won but then lux our baron fought the chicken and that became a whole thing so like there you can kind of come up like sometimes th th there's there's some humorous nonsense that like people just remember and you don't always necessarily need to go to full-on combat yep. um 
there's one I did where it ended up becoming a full NPC. And, th- and this is what the other thing amazing of this, like if you, 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 some of the best, the best tip I can give, I, I think for fake it until you make it is have a list of some of this stuff. I'd ask that yeah. You don't need a lot. I mean, you don't, you don't need a lot of stuff, but like list of names. So important. <laughs> Cause they'll guarantee they'll ask like, where's that guy? And like a list of encounters because those encounters even if they seem silly to you they can turn into full-on in-game like major players right um there was a random encounter i did i, I think this is in core of the dragon queen where they had to go hunt a golden stag uh, and so it was the only time my players split the party two of them went hunting frogs uh they found bubba the frog and they awakened it and then i had to do frog voices for like a month um which was funny but then the other two actually went and hunt the stag, and the stag ended up turning into like a fey creature, gave him an item. Um, she ended up becoming a player in the game later on when they went to recruit the elves. She was like, "Oh, she's on the kind of the deity of the elves, right?" And uh, so yeah, like it might it might have seemed like silly, like we're just wasting time here on this random encounter on the side of the road or this random event. But yeah, like it turned out to be a like a I ended up being able to roll that into the actual campaign. Oh yeah um there there are two like little encounters that i'll throw in when i'm having like a problem especially for role play and uh they're they always become a problem they're always becoming main fixtures in the campaign so i've I've stopped throwing these two in because okay. for like three campaigns we had the cat which is where i'm just like a cat walks by that's it that's it it's all i have in my head just a cat walks by it's so cruel <laughs> and they're like, whoa, 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 a cat. You have not explained I, a cat to me. I need, ever. To this, I need to write this down. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's super simple. And then you essentially just let their minds go wild. And 90% of the time, they fucking keep the cat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll usually have like the more like it role play focused players that'll be like, guys. It does, it's just a cat. We've seen dozens of cats. Fuck that yeah, yeah. cat. But then you have like the bard be like, I'm just gonna take this cat. Don't worry. You'll have Lux. Just grab the cat. I'm just gonna. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, and the second one is a unintelligent, happy uh, orc. Oh, nice. I usually just name them one syllable names. Uh, Moo was my favorite one. M U. Uh, M O O. Okay, actual Moo. Yeah, okay, cool. I made it Moo. <laughs> yeah, he got adopted and sent to a wizard school. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, and then uh, since they didn't visit him for a few months, uh, I had him sent to an evil wizard school, so he became a lich. See, random encounters have become the uh, entire the entire wrapping of the campaign. I like to point out, like all DMs tend towards evil at some point. It's just how it goes. We gotta, we gotta. We, I think, yeah. I think we're causing trauma to our players for three hours a week. Oh yeah! Wow! Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I gotta write those things down though. Yeah, those are good ones. Cat. That one's my favorite. Yeah. Oh, it takes man. no prep at all and it always throws everyone for a loop. Oh, that's amazing. It's so amazing. <laughs> and you can do it with any animal. You can do it with any animal. Yeah, if I threw a puppy in front of my wife that's oh gonna derail. Oh campaign over. There's a puppy. Uh fake it till you make it tip. If you wanna make if your players are going into an encounter and it, they don't feel that it's as serious as you want it to feel. Add a basket of puppies. Just add a basket of puppies. Yeah. So like I was uh I don't know if you saw our um 
uh, April Fool's episode, right? And I we did our CR battle, and I purposely put the Tarask in there, right? Just because you knew I was going to vote for the Tarask. And like, obviously, the Tarask was going to win because it's a freaking Tarask against like a Flumph or a Nilbog or whatever other thing I had there. Um, and Paul was like, this is going to be stupid. Like, this is just going to be me. I hit you. You die. Game over. Like, what do we do this? So, no, no, no. I had, I, I made it. A, I had a joke map that I'm holding on for next year. Um, <laughs> but uh, I ended up doing the town and I made sure there was kids. Like, there was children in these houses. And it immediately changed the tone of the game because Paul's like, oh, shit, I'm going to eat those kids. <laughs> like, and then he just left the flump alone, right? It was just, it was amazing. So, yeah, basket of puppies, a child. Oh yeah. Anything cute. Anything cute. Oh yeah. Total game changer. Oh, I love basket puppies. That one's like that's when I just like I used to do it a lot when like I was new and I didn't know how to make uh encounters exciting. And I was like, All right, so you see the six goblins on the far side of the field. And the player's like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're going to grab our ranged weapons. And I'm like, and they have a basket of puppies! We're fucking going to murder these yeah. How dare they? That's amazing. That's um, amazing. But I think key, and that's, that's again, one of my new, like, an idea to make your encounters a little bit more exciting. If you're trying to kind of beef it up. Again, those senses, man. You go back to describing what you smell and what you hear and what you, like, even if you taste, if you can, like, Everything just ratchets up a notch instantaneously. Like I, I, I to the point where I have like, you know, taste, touch, smell, sight, hearing, like on my DM screen, just like go through the checklist, right? What, what, what is your your DM screen setup? Like uh, behind the scenes, like what you got on the. So the I have, I usually play on my laptop. I use OneNote, uh, Microsoft yep. OneNote to track. So I usually have laptops. The center two tiles uh, are usually maps or like some malarkey, like whatever. Um, one side though is all the conditions because I can never remember conditions ever. Conditions. Yeah, I'm always and, googling uh, conditions. Yeah, I never. I'm like just scrappled and restrained, and I don't remember anymore. So that's uh, always Yeah, I don't know what do they do. It's a mystery to me. I but you can't make that stuff up. Uh, <laughs> so that, that kind of matters. Um, so that's all on one side, and the other side is usually I try to keep track of the player's stats a little bit um for not like every single stat but like their passive perception and like max hp just so i have an i don't track their hp but i just have like an idea of like oh yeah the barbarian has 200 hp in general i can lay some smack down on that right oh that's a that's a really good one because especially the general hp one because if you can have a general idea where they are uh i've had a lot of moments where i've players with poker faces um alicia over at nerdy northerners is the best poker face i've ever seen in my life uh because uh they'll get killed and they'll just be like those so you'll just be like they're completely calm the entire fight and then they get stabbed and they're like all right so i am done i'm dead <laughs> we're like what 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 you didn't show a single sign of agency or or like worry no yeah. No, and that's, and that's I, I, I like players. Like I said, I'm, I'm not tracking. I used to track HP because my players were all new, so I I used to keep track of all that. Yeah. Now that we're level 15 or whatever the crap we are, I'm like, nope, you're on your own now. Um, but they're usually they like to meta a little bit, and I allow a little bit of meta. Like you know, why, why not? Like you're like if you're gonna meta, I'm gonna 
I'm I'm cheating on screen here, so like enjoy. <laughs> have your fun. Have your fun. Have your fun. Enjoy. I'm I'm rolling dice for noise. You do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're usually pretty good at saying out loud, but I really like the fourth edition term bloodied. I, I really yeah. think they shouldn't have taken that out of D and D. That was there was mm, there was some mechanics there. I know like the whole idea of fifth edition was to make it simple, yep. which is great. But bloodied, I feel I, I guess everybody has a thing they feel like they could have kept in from one of the older editions. So like I don't know, I I put it back in my game, and bloodied is great. You're at half health, all right. I I know now. I need to change something or not change something or however you know what i mean yeah there's some consequence to dying it's not like oh tis but a scratch yeah oh, just just headbutting with your no arms and legs mm-hmm. oh, i still have <laughs> one hp i will not fall unconscious your voice game is on point do you know that <laughs> i have been told i've been told that i should make like bedtime stories I- i'd listen to those Okay, all right. Maybe maybe Zach the DM bedtime stories are coming out. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, are there any other like tools or tips that we haven't discussed so far that you would give somebody to that's gonna go and go and uh, try and fake it till they make it? Yeah, just I, I I think I said it real quick, and this is like a hard lesson for me mm-hmm. was names, man. Names, like, names, names was the big one. Names and like not just of people, but like tavern names and like just places like what's the name like because i guess as a dm you're thinking like the way i thought it was okay the guards aren't important right they're just guards there's you know i'm going to describe yeah there's guards at the gate i know they don't matter i know like they're only there to kind of complete the scene i can guarantee you one of your players is at some point it's going to be like i walk up to the guard and say hi and you're gonna be like, excuse me god i need your name and badge number now yeah, please like, thank like, you there's always well, so where is the guard tower and what is the paperwork <laughs> i need to fill out for having my weapon drawn at all times right well, exactly you're like frick sure, <laughs> sure 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 so like there's only so many times you can say dave <laughs> right. It feels lame when you get one of those real life names. Like whenever right. I names one like Bob, you get like the like quick like like oh ha, and then it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's super unsatisfying. Um, so a list of names now, like handily enough, I think it's in um, oh, uh, it's in one of the books. Yeah, Xanathar's Guide to Everything, I think, has like a list just pages so. of names, pages and pages and pages of names. Um, so I have that on me at all times now because that is my. That is my fake until I make it weakness, his names. Um, but the upside is if you can, lucky enough that you can DM with a computer, the internet, like I, I one of my tabs open is Google at all times. Uh, it makes it even easier if you're running in a place like uh, like the Sword Coast or Critical Role's Wild Mount. Uh, you know, there's extensive Wikipedias. So, you know, I think I've used um, like, place names like oh that's a bar but okay no i'm using it for for an inn or a temple or a shop just because it sounds like one of those things to me even though in the wiki it's not that like it's at least it's just the name i have now right oh i like that um a cool tip i do for names that you might like is uh i kind of like uh start off with one syllable Mm-hmm. And I kind of like I um I picture the person in my head, and then I picture what that I want that person's name to look like. So I'll just give you an example. If I'm imagining like little old lady uh, who pushes around a cupcake cart, I'm going with like a Mar 
Tangerine. Nice. I like Margaret. Nice. I'm just kind of starting with that first vowel, like Mar. Yeah, that's that's an old person vowel or syllable. Yeah, yeah. Verbiage. Mar. No, can't can't go martyr. That's a bit weird. No, no, can't do that. But yeah, this is where a list of names is even better because you're just like, bam, Suzetaton. Right. And that's my problem, too, is all like, especially with the Dragonborn names, there's like apostrophes and X's and stuff. I'm like, I'm a white boy from Newfoundland. I'm sorry. I don't know how this is pronounced. I have a um, I have a I have a very important uh, PC in or NPC in my games named Kuger. <laughs> Which this sits uh, right behind my computer right here. That's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, taking your names from anywhere and everywhere you can. Oh, that's brilliant. That's oh, so I had brilliant. a drug name, uh, Sinus at Relief, which was, I was, had NyQuil at the time, Sinus and Relief. So, just. Brilliant. Like, you you should be teaching the class on this. This is all you, man. <laughs> no, I want to see how you do it. I've learned a lot of, I got a bunch of good tips. I'm actually very excited to set up the names, because, like, even just that little example there of me, like, trying to make the name and being like, Oh no! A little list of names right here would be oh, yeah. beautiful. So, so clutch. I mean, like again, I use OneNote, so it makes life a little easier. So I have tabs in OneNote for, you know, a bunch of stuff, and I have like dwarf name, elf name, human name, dragonborn, blah 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 names. Right. Key yeah. in bonus points is when you use a name, put next to it what you used it for. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! <laughs> just, just. You, not saying you can't use a name twice, because like, Lord knows there's many Stevens and Zacks in this world. Um, but uh, but at least try to remember. Oh yeah, there's a there's a Dave in Baldur's Gate who's a guard at the main entrance. Yeah, because like one of one of your players wrote that down, and they're going back to see what how Dave's doing later. Oh, they really do. And then it's even better if you have another group that you're playing with. I, I run multiple groups, so they all are in the same world. So they could all at some point like run into each other's stuff. So I love it having that guard named Dave that this one group made important. The next group comes and the first person they meet is Dave the guard. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it and then they then one day they like meet each other and they're like, "Man, don't you love Dave?" No, fuck Dave, dog. No, screw that guy. Screw that guy. Dave's always in our. But we love Dave. We got him cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, poor Dave. But I guess the other tip I got too uh, for kind of faking stuff a little bit is uh, I don't know how much time we have left, but let your players kind of guide some, who your important NPCs are. You know, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I made a guy, and he was a throwaway character called Fareed, and he was the assistant to a wizard, and he was just a bit of a dick. And my players hated him so much. He ended up becoming the big bad evil guy, along with the actual big bad evil guy, right? <laughs> and they, because they hated him so much, it was just like, oh, I got it. Like they don't care about Resmir, the black dragon lady. Like they don't care about her at all. They care about Fareed, who turned out to be Landragosa, Cyanrath, the dra- blue dragonborn guy, who then died and came back as a vampire and then killed Paul. Like they care about. They don't like that guy. <laughs> Just so Jake knows, we go, might go one minute, two minute over here because I wanted to bring up um, one thing is that you were saying there was uh, kind of don't let your campaign ruin your story. 
Don't let your planned story ruin your current story. Um, like you said, having somebody that was meant to just be an NPC become the big bad evil guy. Mwah, chef's kiss. You don't have to take away anything from your planned big bad evil guy. You just throw in that person as the face and the name. Yep. Um, I've even had it where my big bad evil guy has become the group's friend and ally because nice. they the group. Uh, there's one. Like, I was just going to have him walk by, just like a pre-shadow. Like, you see this gold elf in this, like, fancy mm -hmm. suit walk by. And one of my players is like, no, I follow. Yeah. And then they followed, and he, like, he was an assassin. So he, like, walked in a shop and, like, disappeared. And he, like, appeared up on the roof. And he, like, waved down at her. And then he, like, jumped off the roof. She misty stepped up on the roof, caught up to him. And he was impressed as fuck. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, let's go to dinner. And as he, like, she walked by, he, like, stabs her in the back with his rapier. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, you know what? I'm kind of impressed that you caught up with me. Yeah. You I mean, that's I don't want to kill you now. That is the definition of collaborative storytelling right there. That is, that is it. It's like all of a sudden, this person, this NPC, this big bad evil guy, you had plans to go this way, but your players were like, no, no, I like this. And you just, just, just yeah, we'll just, we'll go that way now. It's And, and that's fine. There's tons of big bad evil guys out there. That one can be their friend. Who cares? Yeah. And besides, that might lead them down a whole round of trouble. Being friends oh, with the big man. bad evil guy. My commit the the same characters from that campaign just committed a gold elf genocide with a ancient red dragon. So, like things just go terribly different than you expect. <laughs> I love that. Um, but we are over time. And Tilly, I want to thank you so much for coming out. I think no we've all learned a lot on faking it and making it as a dungeon yeah, master. I love it. Uh, a little 30 second. Do you have anything that everyone watching needs to go check out uh, if they want to come and find you? Uh, we are at Hops and Dragons. Uh, Paul is a social media marketer in real life. So we are everywhere at Hops and Dragons. Uh, Twitter uh, and Twitch is where we do our best work. We are working on YouTube. But if you want to go give us a subscribe there, that'd be great. Uh, Come check us out Thursday nights, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. No, a wonderful show, Hops and Dragons. I always like coming in to watch you and Paul discuss and doing your uh, CR battles. And I'm sure through that you found the CRs are even more ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, look, what was last night? A specter versus a wild, uh, grown wilding. And it just wasn't even like CR1. Yeah, it was, it, the fight was over before it started. <laughs> Who won? I didn't get catch oh, Spectre. Did, it was yeah, no that's what I was gonna say. No like, contest. I don't I didn't I don't recognize the other creature. But uh, thank guy. you for joining. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me, and thank you all for watching this week's episode of Dungeon Master Discussion. Uh, we will be back next week, Friday, six p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, until then, you guys make sure to follow Nerdy Northers. There's insane amount of great content here to watch. And as well, if you want to come check out me, I stream over at twitch.tv slash ZachTheDM. But until next week, guys, take care, and we'll see you later. Cheers. Bye!